Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patrick, or Padumaro, and Hats on Limbs. It's episode 88. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. So this week, we're going to go over the, uh, the changes to the draft packs and Hats on Lamps is away this week, but I brought in two mainstays of the Farming Eternal Discord and the top master ladder ranks, Cotillion and Tempest Dragon King. So thank you for coming on the show, guys. Hello. Neither of us have a full hat, but hopefully between our two hats, we can properly emulate hats on lamps. Yeah. They're tough (laughs) shoes to fill, but I'm sure you guys will do a great job. So uh, before we get to that, well, we got to do some housekeeping. So first off, uh, as always, I would uh, urge you guys to check our Patreon at patreon.com slash farming eternal. It's one of the best ways to support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to our show notes and recording bloopers on the Discord, as well as uh, fill us with warm and fuzzy feelings. So... Uh, thank you once again to Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Sigma Tank, Mercurial Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Parmely, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homerid, Raven Dragon, Esrit0215, Sunblaze, Worked on Sun, and Yisto. We really appreciate your support month after month. Okay. <clears throat> so now on to our draft weeks. So, how was yours? Uh, Cotillion, how was your draft week? Wow. Yeah, my draft week, uh, it was good. Um, you know, before the change um, to the draft packs, um, I was on a bit of a hot streak. Uh, yeah, I was able to string together, I think, three consecutive uh, seven seven win runs, which was great. Uh, it got me into the number one spot um, for, I think, half of a day. And then uh, <laughs> Hats on Lamps took that over real quick. Um, but yeah, I've been having a good month altogether. I've been uh, top ten and top five, which you know, for for me is uh, the best that I've done since I've uh, been drafting Eternal. Um, you know, specifically, I think uh, I really like Argentport. Um, obviously, Ricano's strong, um, but I branched out um, intentionally and tried out Combray and Feln, and yeah, I was able to get some seven wins. Um, there too. Now, you know, of course, I uh, mixed in some losing records too, but just trying to minimize those, and um, it's been working out well. Now we got to get used to the to the new changes. Mm-hmm. So, so your the the opinions you express there of Argentport and Rocano are based on. Do you have a sense of Argentport in this new changed format, or? Yes. Yeah, built- so- so I've been able to do four drafts of the new format. Um, I tried to crunch them in um, in time for you know recording this podcast. And yeah, one of them was Argentport, and it did go seven and one. Um, so you know that seems to still be strong. Uh, you know I think flyers and deadly units on the ground is a pretty consistent way to win. Um, you know even with the changes. Um, the other three drafts ended up being prax- being all praxis, and 
two of them were winning records and one of them was not. Um, but, you know, we can go into a little bit more on why I think Praxis showed up for me as being open um, a little bit later. Mm, I'm interested in Praxis, too. Haven't gotten the opportunity quite yet. <clears throat> so, well, that that's a good lead-in, um, Tempest. So, how was your draft week? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> good to hear. Uh, I was running cold coming into the draft changes, but now I've got a pair of seven wins to to start things off. Both of them primal. One of them Elysian splashing justice. The other who splashing time. For the justice, for the justice splash. Well, you know. Martial efficiency and Patroller's Glaive are pretty good cards, and being able to fetch them with Realign the Stars is incredible. Mm-hmm. Fluctuate Reality's even better than I... It just keeps going up and up. I'll talk about that one later, but... Yeah. I think I like the Amplify themes going in there. That's interesting. I know, you know, as the format has progressed, sort of, Huru has felt like it's gone up and up for people. And so it's kind of interesting that, you know, that that that, that tricolor faction still seems to be pretty strong, even with the draft pack changes. So it'll be nice to dig into that a little bit more. Tricolor is is stronger than ever right now in this set 10 thing. We'll go over that, too. Yeah. Yeah, as for my draft week, it's been a little bit light. I've actually only done one draft in this new format, and it was Xenon. Um, sort of, coincidentally, my first Xenon deck of of set 10. Um, and it is not a Mandrake's deck. It's kind of like a mishmash of some really strong cards and some really really bad cards. Hmm. Um, I think I would, I I kind of drafted it with the hopes of I picked like an early consuming greed up and was thinking I could kind of try to make and I picked up uh, an early um, oh geez the worm that draws you two cards if you play a spell on your enemy's blur turn. Haze worm. yeah blur haze worm and i picked up an early grizzly contest so i was kind of feeling a little bit of like set nine vibes and thought i could take that somewhere with either you know like a, a relic consuming greed package and then some fast spells and then it just like nothing i I ended up drafting like two halves of a deck and nothing really came together. I didn't get a second consuming greed. So then I'm like playing a bunch of relics like Amberlock and stuff just to like trigger my consuming greed, even though I only have one of them and I didn't get many fast spells. So it's kind of a bit of a train wreck, but I do have a couple strong rares and a speaking circle, so that's sort of been carrying the deck so far. Well, speaking circles at least good. Yeah, I, exactly. I nice. partic- I'm particularly adverse to picking early consuming greaves and blur haze worms. Those cards just seem like they fail for me a bit too much. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing, it was like a pack two. It was like a pick two consuming greed. It was just like the pack was so medium that there wasn't anything I was like excited about. Well, I and, suppose you can pick it there. <laughs> and then I was like, well, Waystone Gates boosted and you get all and there's all of these like it seems like it should be good because there's so many of these like sort of disposable relics in set 10 i was like oh you know i could get two of these or get a waystone gate this you know that automatically turns into a real deck but i just never saw any of those things funny thing about my drafts i never saw one waystone gate in both of those drafts I know, and then Gunner, world champion, of course, his first draft of the format splashes double waystone gate. <laughs> so that's who's been <laughs> taking them. Never <laughs> lucky over here. Sometimes on um, the, someone on the Discord like posed the question. They really want to know how the algorithm works because sometimes, you know, like for instance, I've seen so many root rippers this month. And then I think it was Beard Broken chimed in and said, you know, they've only seen one the entire month. I, I just, I would love to know, you know, just how the, the, the draft packs um, actually do get passed. Because it's interesting. Like, and then, no, and I've, then I've seen two Waystone Gates. And then there's me seeing a second to last pick Valley of the Ancients. <laughs> in a yeah. draft where fire was... Most likely a bait. Yeah. The algorithms are good, but they're strange. They sure are. Yeah, it's always interesting to me. I I, I try to bring this up with Hat sometimes, and he mostly just uh, he doesn't believe my theories on this. But I do feel like when I play, like there is clustering of my opponent's decks and my decks sometimes, you know, like I'll be, I'll just like face all Rakano for a while. And then all of a sudden I'll face all of a different type of deck, you know, <laughs> and then the next draft, I'll just like face like three or four Huru decks in a row or, you know, the next week or whatever. So it does feel like there's some clustering, but again, our brains, since our brains are designed to see patterns, it's always hard to know if it's really a pattern uh, or it's just random noise. But be, be thankful that my brain can't just display memes on command because one kind of flashed through my head there. All right, so I guess let's move on to our picks of the week. Card so, of the week, not pick. Or, yeah, card of the week. Card of the week. Uh, Cotillion, what's your card of the week? Yeah, my card of the week uh, is Darkwater Vines. Um, it's a one-cost shadow unit. It's a Mandrake. Um, it's a 1-1 one, one with region. And its ultimate ability, when any player discards a card, Darkwater Vines gets plus one attack. And then both players discard the bottom four cards of their deck. And why it's my card of the week? You know, I think people realize that it's a decent card um and but I, I i think it still is being undervalued because i see it show up in late in packs all the time and i mean to me it's it's actually a quite a powerful uh card i mean it's a one drop so it'll uh, serve your early game very well 
Um, region ability is fantastic. Um, there's a lot of X1s in the format uh, that it blocks successfully, um, not just once, but twice because of its region. And then, you know, because it's shadow, it, it, it I found it to be really good because shadow has a lot of sacrifice um, synergies. And once Dark Water Vines gets rid of its region ability, um, it's it's great sack fodder for your grizzly contests, um, for your combust, um, grave robbery if you're running that card, um, devour, which you know some people in the community know I'm really high on that card as well. Um, and then it also you know gets it has mandrake synergies. It can mill. I mean, there's just so much that card does, and I shouldn't be seeing it you know third to last pick in a pack. Um, but I do, and I scoop them up. Um, and then I've also noticed that, you know, some of the really good drafters, um, yeah, you know, in the Seven Win um, Deckless channel on the Farming Eternal Discord, a lot of them have Darkwater Vines. Some have full playsets of them, more than full playsets. Um, so it is. It's 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 a very powerful card, and um, I think people should be drafting it higher and more often. Yeah, it's a powerhouse of a wand drop, and you also mentioned Grave Robbery. I think people are a bit too down on that card, too. Actually, oh, I hate that card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's situational, but it does need things. Yeah, no, I, I understand that it can be good. I... I... It's probably made this more. joke in the show notes somewhere about it, maybe it's just a me thing, <laughs> which is a thing I say a lot, I guess. But <laughs> it just situational cards like that never work out as well for me as they do for my opponents. And they work out constantly well for my opponents. Um, but I don't know. Every, <laughs> every time I have a grave robbery in hand, it feels like my opponents only have a really bad deck or nothing is dying or something. So it's that card is just way too situational for me. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a three cost. Uh, is it a fast spell or spell? It's a fast spell. Yeah. So it's a, a three cost fast spell in shadow and you sacrifice a unit to draw a card from your enemy's void. So what oh, kind oh, of situations do you like this card in Tempest Dragon? I, I actually haven't gotten the ability to play it much, much like with a lot of other cool cards, but I like it when you have a lot of dorks around and there's a board stall and opponent is using resources to dig through their deck, gain yeah. board advantage. And you can just snag the thing that you want at the best time. Yeah. I do actually think it might be more interesting in this format because there is so much <laughs> possible mill going on, you know? Right. It like, right. Yeah. So that, that is kind of cute. If you pl can play multiple Dark Water Vines and then trigger its ultimate, and then all of a sudden you're not having to kill the thing that you want to get from your opponent's graveyard. You know, you're putting it in their in their void incidentally. So I can see yeah. how it has a higher and more interesting value in this format. But yeah, Darkwater Vine's true value is not only as its body, but 
fueling shoal dredgers, which are honestly just beaters. And and I also think, I mean, regen has just turned out to be such a powerful ability. So the fact that you can chump block twice, um, you know, the it doesn't use regen. Oh, gosh, I'm having a not remembering card names night. Um, Medbots, what is it called? Med Metabot Station? Metabot Station. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Darkwater Vines kind of reminds me of like Metabot Station in a sense where that card turned out to be better than it looked on face value just because you get two chump blockers out of it. And yep. um, the fact that instead of Metabot Station is pretty good, even though it costs six to get two one ones, Darkwater Vines does that for, uh, you know, one. one. Yep. It doesn't gain you six life, but it'll gain you the life that you would have lost by blocking. Yeah. And so, speaking of regen, why don't we go into your card? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my card this week uh, is Auto Tread, which is the, um, some would say the scourge of the format. It's the one fire, <laughs> one one. Uh, enemies uh, lose their regen and can't regenerate, and you can pay one and discard a card to deal one damage. Auto-tread gets plus one, plus one. So we've talked about this uh, card a lot. And uh, the reason I brought this, uh, or I picked this for my card of the week, is since we have Cotillion on, and Cotillion is, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, a well-known hater of Auto-tread in, in the... <laughs> In the I, I've been ambushed. I did not know this was your card of the week. I don't know if I would have agreed to be on the podcast if, if I had known earlier. <laughs> no, but so having you on, Cotillion, I, I, you multiple times have asked for a change to Autotrad, and I, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts of how you would tra change Autotrad. Um, there's a, a popular Eternal streamer uh, Cassandrath, um, that I'm sure most folks um, are aware of and who probably watched him. Uh, I, I think they brought up the perfect, simple solution. Just make it a rare, so it's not so prevalent. I don't really have a problem with what it does. Just that I, just that it, it, it's truly, it's a very powerful card. Um, but which rare would you make uncommon then? <laughs> Which rare would I make on go? Oh, there's a lot of bad rares, um, but but that's exactly. It. I mean, I think it's 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 power level is a rare, and especially for the sake of draft, it just shows up so often and can wipe a draft board out and just flat out take over and win a game. For a one drop to do that doesn't seem balanced to me. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I agree. You know, if, if if I just didn't see it so often, I wouldn't have that much of a problem with it. I'm fine with its text. I'm fine with what it does. Just, you know, I, I think it would be better served um, to make it a rare. I'm also convinced Isomorphics have, have has been taking a lot of the auto treads. <laughs> you, no one should ever pass an auto tread, more or less. Isomorphic, um, I don't think has ever really passed an auto-tread in its life. Yeah. Well, Cotillion, I one thing I, I, I've thought is, do you think the fact that you like Argent Port so much 
mm-hmm. influences your extreme dislike of Autotrad? It could that, that that could certainly be a little bit of bias um, because I do I play a lot of uh, you know I love Side Street Monitor I love Styers Beckoning um, both of those you know are are X ones um, or create X ones so yeah. you love Dark Water Vines I love Dark Water Vines <laughs> basically everything that Auto Tread um, can can kill with ease but uh, hey at least you aren't a Side Street Monitor fan. <laughs> right. Um, that, that, I mean, that could have something to do with it. I guess it wouldn't be so, quite so powerful against uh, time, because um, you know, time obviously runs a lot of uh, large health units. But I, so I, it, it could be a little bit of a personal bias. Um, however, I mean, I've seen it take over games where I'm not running large import, um, and. You know, I play the card. I play it against other decks um, that aren't Argent Port, uh, and it still wins games. Yeah, you beat me with this. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. There you go. It it's um, never as good as for me as it is for other people, though. I find it's yeah, probably just yeah, the first. Yeah, it's interesting. Thing. I I agree that it's definitely a very good card, one of the most powerful cards in the format. But I still haven't. I don't feel that intense hatred. The only time I get really upset is like when someone plays a triumphant return or something on it, and then you're like <laughs> dealing with the same giant auto tread a second time, and you're like, oh. Fun, um, funny thing about that Isomorphic discarded a triumphant return with auto tread. <laughs> yeah. You know it's powerful if he's doing that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, so, I, think, I think I went against you, Tempest Dragon King, and you suited up your auto tread with Cobra Gear, which um, is a time card that uh, I remember a, that a game. deadly weapon on auto tread, and it I didn't think... matter how much health my units had; you just pinged them all to death uh, one at a time. So. Yep. That was that was a little traumatic. <laughs> yeah, it's dramatic whenever this thing gets deadly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I like that. You just so you like the card, you just wish it you saw it less often. And and I think that's valid. I mean, you you I think because you know you both draft a lot more than I do and draft decks that are particularly susceptible. Or like decks that are very susceptible to this card. I wouldn't I just, say so. I just, I just like the fact that the decisions, you know, not nerfing the card won't change this, but I think the decisions that Auto Tread forces you to make, both as the person playing it and the person against it, are just so very interesting that, uh, you know, that, that I don't want to lose and that's what oh. the, the thing that i worry would be lost if they did nerf it in a way other than just the rarity oh i agree this yeah, auto tread is one of the most interesting cards in eternal speaking of having answers to auto tread let's go into my card yeah. my card is fluctuate reality it's a slow spell single primal three power transform one of your units into one that costs two more 
or your opponent's unit into one that costs two less. Amplify two. Do this to another unit. So, I love this card. Even when it was announced, I loved this card. I would have originally put this a fair bit below on stable form, but I've realized my mistake now. This card's just a house. If you cast it in a game for any reasonable value, you will find that you are very likely winning that game. Having trouble with the Basher? It's now a 0-1 MR and Shuffler. That auto-tread and scene and life speaker on the opposing board? Both doorbots. Yeah, my opponent's bashers only turn into Zine and Life Speakers. <laughs> <laughs> it does have some variants to it, but I love it. All right, now, Tempest Dragon King, I, I have a question. Are you playing it, do you find yourself playing it more on your opponent's units or on your units to upgrade them? On my units, I play around. I build my decks around unstable form all the time. I, I'm i pretty much the, got the manual to it. So I know what to turn into bigger stuff. Aerial Spotter's good. Wind Channeler's good. Joden Frostkin's pretty good. Air Support's incredible to turn into an 8. 8 drops will hurt you in ways you didn't know possible. Yeah. Yeah, that, so, that's interesting. I would say that I tend to use it on my opponent's unit, and then, like, the Amplify will, out like, incidentally use it on one of my units or two of my units. But I usually don't use it until I can get value by taking down an opponent's unit. Yeah. Um, I will sometimes use it to advance my board position if I my units are feeling particularly weak and undercosted. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think another thing that's not super obvious from about the card on first glance is I think it it's surprisingly good as a finisher. You know, like getting a flyer out of the way oh, or yes. getting like a big blocker out of the way to be able to hopefully if uh, you know variance goes your way hit for lethal damage you know sometimes that can go awry with uh you know with a, a low roll on your part but um but yeah i think it's a a great card and it's definitely no matter how high you're picking it you probably should pick it higher because it's it's one of primal's best uncommons uh this might sound uh Crazy and heretical. I think this thing's better than Auto Tread. Mm hmm. This, you can fetch this thing with Realign the Stars. Yes. Tutoring yeah. this thing is utterly insane. Just yeah, any time you need it, it's there. Yeah, I know I personally would still take Auto Tread just because Auto Tread. You know, one of the values of Auto Tread is just that it's so cheap. That, it is cheap. Um, you know, you can fit it in almost anywhere. And I think, and especially because people are now realizing you shouldn't necessarily just open the game with a turn one Auto Tread and you should just like, 
wait until you can utterly blow your opponent out and the fact that you know you can play auto tread for one and then discard a couple cards and then you know your opponent wasn't expecting it i don't know that's what i like well sometimes with uh realign the stars you know it's especially once you start amplifying it it's a little expensive but i think they're definitely in contention and both are the some of the top uncommons yeah i just like pretty big and slow decks too yes no i think fluctuate reality is definitely a tempest dragon king card in more ways than one huh (laughs) All right, so we're going to go over our seven-win run breakdown. This will be very short because we don't have anything to say because the format just changed, so it's not really worth talking about cards yet. But as always, we do like to read the names of everyone who submitted a deck, and this will be the past two weeks because we didn't have an episode last week. Um, For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, this is our long-standing data collection project that we do on the Discord where... Uh, listeners can either mail us their seven win drafts to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them in the seven win channel on our Discord um, in either exported deck list or any kind of Eternal Warcry link. And then we take this information, we put it in a spreadsheet so we can see sort of how the format's evolving, uh, what, what factions are doing well, what factions aren't, um, as well as sort of break down the top commons and uncommons and what cards are showing up a lot in in all of the decks that are submitted. So our new contributors this week are Ark and Desizen, and our veteran contributors are Abwas, Agent Dynamo, Alabazoo, Avgots, Beard Broken, Celtic Guardian 7, Collector, uh, Psychologist, um, Darth Herman 2, Fafa Papa, FS Forward Sound, Full Robot, Gato Sujo, Hats on Lamps, Honky, Ip Long No, Jed the Hamrid, John Avon, John Holio, Madness, Meadow, Mercurio Blue, Meavers, Out on a Limb, Patamaro, Sleffer 13, Steve Irwin, Tempest Dragon King, Vader, Who Does That, and Winter Mute. Uh, so thank you everyone for sending in the decks, as well as John Holio for entering all the lists. And then hopefully next week or the week after we'll have enough lists submitted of the new format to really start breaking down how uh, the draft pack changes have uh shaken up the format at least as far as the seven win decks that we receive are concerned but hey a lot of them are primal oh sorry what but hey a lot of them are primal so i'm happy so uh let's move on to our main topic the draft pack changes so for those of you who don't know uh this week they they changed the order of the draft packs so now instead of empire of glass Draft Pack, Draft Pack, Empire of Glass. It's now Draft Pack, Empire of Glass, Empire of Glass, Draft Pack. So they switched the order as well as added 84 new cards to the Draft Packs and a lot of them with a 10x boosting as well as changed the boosted rates of a whole bunch of cards. So this is quite a big shakeup, which was a little surprising for me uh, so early in the format. They usually save the draft pack order change till a little later at least based on my record my recollection so it's kind of interesting that they're sort of doing that so early in the format not that it's that early i mean the format's been on 
you know, been out for a while, but usually I, we have a, we have like a, an injection of new cards and then a huge shakeup in the boosted ratings. And then after that second or third format gets stale, they switch the pack order. So, so that's the first thing of note uh, for, in my, in my eyes. Um, any, uh, any other big overview things that uh, you guys have noticed? Yeah, I can, I can jump in. So I think one of the things that um, immediately stands out is that there's a lot of uh, um, cards that are boosted or have been added that provide influence. Um, I think the symbols, which give you two influence, um, they're boosted uh, up from, I think they were at five times boosted, now they're 20 times. Um, all, the, all the seats um, are boosted, uh, seat powers are boosted up to 20 times from five times. Um, and then all the tokens, you know, you cho- choose one of three uh, different types of influence, they're all 20 times up from 10 times, so... Bannerman's also 10 times X. Yeah, I mean, so exactly. So there's just a lot of opportunity to build your three faction decks. Um, if you're, you know, if, if you're, if you're courageous enough to, to do that, um, or at least it's easier to uh, splash powerful cards that you see and some that you may have hesitated in the past to pick. Well, you know, maybe you don't hesitate quite so much because you're more likely to find fixing um, to splash and uh, play that card in a game successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The And then uh, the other thing is they also added all of the, um, the cards that add influence from uh, the last format. So Valley of Inch or, are now back and boosted. So like the Valley of Ancients, there's Silent Hysteria, Unbreakable Tradition, Forbidden Research, Imprison. Um, so it does seem like, like you're saying, not only is there a lot of fixing, there's a lot of these like influence cards, but looking through the boosted list, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of cards that require a lot of influence. So, like the fact that the symbols are boosted is kind of interesting to me. Hey, that means you can play those those legends that require four of one influence and two of another. Yeah, I've, well, the, I've, I've already seen Roshi C drop down on me. Wow, surprisingly. Yeah, I, I, like like Argent Depths had a lot of you know, units that got buffed when you added influence. Uh, you know, Fire had that one Sentinel that went from a 1-3 to a 3-3, three, three, or you can make it Flame a Heart is Flameheart controller is just a monster at two. Right. So, so you know, those, those cards aren't around as much. Um, so, like you said, Puck, yeah, like, I, I don't think those, like, that. that's what you're focusing on. I think you're really just focusing on you know, you're able to run a three-faction deck more successfully. Right. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's just, like, symbols are a weird way in my mind to do that. that. They are. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of... So it feels to me like you would want them for something else, but then that, like, something else doesn't exist. So, like, you know, like, Armed and Dangerous isn't 10x... Um, disappear isn't 10x. 
Um, you know, scanning through the list, it's like the only 10x card that really seems to care about this is uh, Steam Blast. There's also all the market rares being 20x, which means you'll probably find a market in the draft packs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's pretty big. So yeah, so Cotillion, is that your big prediction that you think the three um, faction decks will, will pick up in this format? Um, yeah, yeah, I've already, I mean, the four, in the four drafts that I've already done, I've seen more, uh, three faction decks than I think I, I was. I mean, it's a small sample size, but, um, it, it was noticeable to me. Um, For me, it's not just a prediction, but a certainty. Yeah. The fix is yeah. good. Don't forget, format. there's, there's always a corrosive dagger hanging around out there too, which loves your fire symbols. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but like corrosive dagger is it's not 10x, so it, you're it's just not. you know, you're not going to oh. see it quite quite as much. You're not going to see it quite as much as the 20x uh symbols. Is it even you're... five times boosted? Corrosive dagger is five times boosted. Armed and dangerous oh, is five times boosted. Yeah, so then um, it's reasonable frequency. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't right. know. If, I don't know if symbols are what you know really to focus on. I think the fact that the seats are boosted and seek power is boosted, and your tokens are boosted. I think that's probably more important. Um, yeah, those are the big ones. This format, yeah. definitely. Yes. Yeah, tomorrow, I agree. I don't know if you're getting much out of those symbols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was my that was my my long simple point. Uh, All right. Yeah, the, the other interesting thing about the fact that they gave us so much fixing, though, is that with how the boosting and the draft packs are changing and the fact that the draft order packs are switched, it does feel like it's going to be harder to make tribal decks because you're not going to be, you're not going to see these build around tribal payoffs in your first pack. I I like the fact that they switched it up this format. Mm-hmm. It gives different cards uh, some some room to shine now. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's just weird. I think it's a little weird to me because set ten is like theoretically so tribal focused and. Like, at least based on my one draft, like, you know, like I drafted a Xenon deck and Mandrakes never even entered my mind, really. It was just like, I could never have drafted, you know, like, even though Xenon was sort of open, I couldn't have drafted a Mandrake deck. It was just like the cards didn't exist. And with the pack order, I wasn't really switch. I wasn't really building around that. And so I wonder if that is going to make heavy tribal-focused decks harder to draft now. Maybe. But again, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So that's yeah. just a, a, another thought I kind of had, at least, you know, based on my, my one draft. Shall we make a deep deeper dive into the colors now? Yeah, I think that'll be good. 
So I think we'll go uh, one by one and why don't we just, we'll read off the cards that are getting added at 10X and then we'll just like talk about our overall feelings of each of the colors. Yeah, so, yeah, that sounds good. So the um, there's a bunch of uncommons that are being added in fire at 10X. Uh, first is assembly line, which is the three cost uh, play three one one grenadine. There's disassembler, which is the two fire two two. When one of your grenadine um, die, deal one damage to the enemy player. And then Grave Marker Oni, which is the four fire, four two, tribute, draw weapon of your choice from your deck. Um, and then there's Horde Leader, which is the five fire, three three. When Horde Leader attacks, your attacking units get plus one attack this turn. And then Renown, play a Barbarian Camp. And then for the commons, there's uh, Into the Furnace, which is the two fire, deal two damage to a unit. And then if you have a Grenadine in your void, it gets double damage. It's a fast spell. There's Oni Eulogist, which is the three fire, four one, uh, with Tribute, plus one, plus one. And then Surveiller, which is the four fire, five two, with Pledge. So anything jump out um, at you, Cotillion, about the added cards? Um... I I wasn't that impressed uh, on most of them that got added. Uh, their uh, assembly line I think is a is a powerful card. Um, I think it's it's it, it, it's pretty obvious in its value uh, that you play three one ones and they're grenadines, and maybe that does set you up for a grenadine a grenadine tribal. You know I haven't seen those decks so far. So I'm a little skeptical if even assembly line will get us there. Um, maybe in a sky crag where you can really uh, get that. Uh, um, the, the, now I'm blanking on the name. That sacrifice a grenadine. Um, Cyber combustion. Fiber combustion. Yep. Um, That's where this card comes into play. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know if you're lucky enough to see that, um, I think disassembler is another good card. Um, and then you know to me for my play style, I really. I actually really liked uh, uh, the Grave Marker Oni, um, which, you know, on Tribute, um, if one if you play it and a unit of your um, a unit of yours has died that turn and you play it, then you can tutor any weapon from your deck. Um, I really like weapons um, in this format. I think there's a lot of good ones in Rakano, um, which you can obviously fit Grave Marker Oni in, um, and there's a lot of good weapons in Stone Scar as well. Uh, the Shadow. Um, the shadow weapons. Um, so, you know, and then you have your fire weapons too. I mean, so I think that that card has a lot of potential in my eyes. Yeah, Grave Marco, Grave Marcaroni is pretty good. Yeah. But other, my... than that, other than that, I don't really have. I wasn't too impressed with you know the power level of the added cards. So I'm not sure if fire got you know bolstered, um, which is probably a good thing because it was strong anyway. Yep. It all it lost a lot of its removal, besides into the furnace, which is coming in to replace at least three cards. Yeah, I think I think that's what's the focus on the changes to to fire is yeah, like you said, Tempest, the the fact that we're you know it's losing um, boosted removal cards. Did also, you wanna, did you want to talk about that? Those. Uh, 
Yeah. Also, was Doorbot always 10x? Doorbot was always 10x. Okay, it remains that way. Yeah, it's the most... That's like the hill I'm going to die on. It's so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Would you prefer Brand Scrying to be 10x? That's at least... (sighs) I've put Brand Scrying in a deck, so... (laughs) I've not put Doorbot in a deck, so... In that sense, I guess... I think I remember Pojo playing like three door bots once. Yeah. So that was that's a hoot. Yeah, for a while, I, I, I long time listeners of the podcast might remember. I I went I tr- I compared Bren scrying to opt, and then I started trying to play these like super high velocity like four Bren scrying decks. That never never worked. It was it was a lot better in theory than in practice, but it felt like there could be something there. You just couldn't draw it. That was the problem, is you have to find the exact amount that you never draw Bren Scrying, um, but you still have a lot of them in your deck. Anyways. The removal that is now less boosted chemical by rounds. 1x are chemical rounds, pillage, Killing. and conflagrate. Yeah. Um, so we are really going to rely on Into the Furnace and Ruinous Burst. Also Char. Char and is Char. Still, okay. Char's, and Char, Char is still 5x. As the boosted removal and fire. So, you know, it's not the worst in the world. Um, obviously, none of it compares to Flagrate, but there's still some good removal uh, there. I, I'm glad fire was hit. Yeah, it it needed it. It was clearly one one of the best colors in the format. Yes. Agreed. All right. So then we'll move on to time. Time got uh, five cards added to it at 10x. Um, And what's kind of interesting about the time cards that were added is no Mandrakes were added. So it seems like they're kind of taking time into a different direction. And I think you'll... You'll, you'll get a sense of what that direction is when I read these cards. Um, so the three uncommons that got added to time are Inner Peace Ascendant, which is the two-time one-three flying. It's invulnerable to damage on your turn, and you can pay for to draw a relic from your void. There's Waystone Gate, the scourge of multiple formats, the three-time relic, Pay three to draw a sigil of your choice from your deck. After the third use, sacrifice Waystone Gate. If it was your turn, play an 8-8 Giant. It is my favorite card to use in all of Limited. Yeah. (laughs) And then Staff of Speed, which is the one-time 1-1 Endurance. Spellcraft 3, play Slow. Uh, Which, what does that do? That... uh, Adds one to the cost of every card in your opponent's hand, I think. No, that's patience. Slow targets one card and doubles its cost. Okay, yeah. So, and then it plays slow. It plays slow, which uh, targets one card in your opponent's hand and doubles its cost. Um, And then the two commons that were added are Lucky Prospector, which is the one-time one-one endurance. It gets plus two plus two while you have a relic and. Sorocco Glider, which is the four-time 2-5 and has flying while you have a relic. Um, 
So very Relic-centric cards being added to time here. Yeah, and it's making it a pretty strong color, I'd say. Especially Waystone Gate. Just incredibly mighty card. I'm hard-pressed to to think of a better uncommon ever. Yeah, so, um, Cotillion, what are your thoughts about the the time-added cards in this sort of new direction for time? Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm totally on board with uh, where Tempest was going, and it's just Waystone Gate is such a fantastic card. Um, it's, I mean, it's automatically, I mean, a top three, top five most powerful, um, you know, uncommon common in the in the format. Um, yep. And, you know, we'll get into later some of the, um, I think, relic synergies that are uh, more capable and probably will be more prevalent um, now with some of the shadow additions or shadow boosted like uh, um, Lethri Lobotomy, which you sacrifice a, a, a relic to kill a unit, to kill an enemy unit, or Consuming Greed is boosted a little bit more. Um, so, you know, although it, I guess it didn't work out in your current draft, um, I do think <laughs> tomorrow, I do think uh, there will be um, you know, increased relic synergies, particularly in any kind of time um, archetype. And Wasting Gate's going to be a really powerful part of that. And I mean, with restorative process around as well, it, I, it's just, yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I ended up in Praxis Sentinels, which I had mentioned earlier, um, is just because, you know, Pack 1, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not sure what, you know, if you want to commit to any kind of tribal in that in pack one right now. Um, so, you know, I'm taking just really powerful cards. And the really powerful cards I've seen are Waystone Gates and Wormstones. And, you know, I think I can make those work. So, you know, with, with you know, and then they're going to end up in my deck ultimately. They have a good chance. So those, that, that's like what I'm picking um, in my pack ones. And, yeah, I, so that's why I've ended up in time. Um, I think we'll see if yep. it shakes out that way moving forward. But yeah, I, I think time got a huge boost just from Waystone Gate and Silent Hysteria is a, is, a, is a really good card too. It's a little slow in the format maybe, um, but you know, in time, I think you're maybe able to extend the game a little bit um, more because you have good blockers. So maybe it's a, you know, it won't be as slow as I, as I think it is, but um, it's still a great card that I wouldn't hesitate to pick. One of the interesting things about Silent Hysteria, which uh, some of the people in the um, our Discord have, were sort of discussing before these changes were announced and people saw them, is like things to boost time. And it was mentioned that like silence could really help time because time doesn't really have a way to get through like a dark water vines because you know regen just really hurts the game plan of time a lot which is to try to hit you with big beaters and if your opponents can infinitely chump block with these like tiny regen units that can really pose a problem and so a card like silent hysteria might have added value um in this format when you're you know you could get rid of multiple tiny regen units or you know really hurt like a argent port uh they people been calling them like humbug decks where you're just like attacking with a bunch of one ones or one twos um so i think silent hysteria could potentially uh be good against both of those strategies 
also it uh, it deals with uh, replicated cell swords and side street monitors. Great too. Yep. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I, and I agree with your assessment, Cotillion. It does. Time seems very exciting now, um, especially I think because like it really has a singular identity in the new cards that were added and of a lot of the cards that um, are now 10x like they really went hard on this um, on the relic train so like ancient excavator is also boosted um, and so the fact that it has such a strong theme and there's a lot of cards in the um, in the in Empire of Glass that also care about relics or are cheap disposable relics is like pretty exciting to me. Um, so it does seem like with the pack order change, you know, like Xenon can be like a relic based deck, which will which is a deck for some reason that I, I feel more comfortable drafting than trying to like force mandrakes with a bunch of uncommons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there weren't a lot of mandrakes to add in the first place in time. Yeah, so I'm excited. I think time's gonna go in a new direction in a possibly very powerful direction. I think it's strong. Yep. All right, so on to justice. Um, so the Justice cards that were added to 10X, uh, there were just five of them again, and uh, there were two uncommons. There's Iron Fist Faithful, which is the one Justice, one one, flying, um, and then Tribute, plus one, plus one. And then there's Warrant Officer, which is the three Justice, zero three, Tribute, Stun an Enemy, uh, unit warrant officer gets um, attack equal to that unit's attack. So it can become, a, you know, it gains attack. So it doesn't necessarily need to be an 03 if it can, if you contribute it and stun a unit. And then there are three commons that were added. There's uh, Crown Watch Recruiter, which is the five cost three five that has tribute, create and draw a two two soldier. There's Coastal Recruit, which is the three Justice 3 3 with Pledge. And then Silverwing Purge Leader, which is the six Justice Justice 3 4 Flying Tribute Lifesteal. Um, so, you know, we've got a couple Valkyries, we've got a couple Soldiers here. Um, anything stand out to you, Cotillion, about Justice? Uh, you know, the, the, there's definitely. Obviously, uh, as you read through them, a theme of tribute, um, meaning you know you want one of your units to um, die when you play your unit that has tribute. So you know I'm thinking it it would certainly go well on an Argentport um, deck that had you know a lot of razor bots and uh, medibot stations and you know smaller units that you don't mind um, dying. But you know tribute to me is 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 a little sketchy of a of, of text so you know I'm, I'm not terribly high on them um on these cards um you know I, i'm i i actually coastal recruit is a good card that's the three three um for three 
one justice with pledge. Um, it's a soldier, solid unit has pledge. So you know you can you can um, you know that that'll that'll help your your power if you draw it um, in your hand uh, starting the game. So I like that card. The other ones I'm not terribly impressed with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silverwing Purge Leader, I think, has had been powerful at moments. That is the, like I said, this six justice, justice, three, four flying tribute lifesteal. Um, what's kind of interesting to me to this card is that, um, what's the six cost uncommon shadow unit, the three, two flyer that air support? No, that can draw a curse. Oh, the, the drifting drone? Is that it? No. Uh, no, drifting drift, death, death something. So, yes. Oh, that old one, yeah. Also, channel. It's drifting death. Yeah. Yeah, this card uh, kind of reminds me of drifting death, which has been boosted at times in set 10. And. I'm always surprised at the number of people that would play Drifting Death with zero curses in their deck, just as a 3-2 lifesteal for 6, uh, which kind of gives me hope for Silverwing Purge Leader as a 3-4 lifesteal for uh, 6, potentially, if you contribute. But the nice thing about expensive tribute cards is you've had enough time to build a board that allows you to set up tribute at yep. six. Like a card like Iron Fist Faithful, which is a the one one for one with flying tribute plus one plus one. Like I don't want to play this at one and late enough into the game where I'm consistently triggering tribute, I don't really want a two two flyer for one either. This all that just feels, except for Coastal Recruit, this all feels like one giant gut punch to justice. And yeah. it did it. Martial efficiency, air support, some of, the, some of the better commons, like Bastion Gatekeeper and Santa Market. God, what a good color. Yeah, oh, it's, and then the oh, other okay. thing to note is there's also some notable uh, rarity changes in downgrades. So middle of the constantly middle of the pack, um, two drop of justice, Argent Port Soldier is dropping from 10x to 5x. So you're going to be relying a little bit more on your uh, your your 3-1 guy. I really relied on that card. I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was one of the, the, the things about Justice is you just didn't have to worry about two drops because you had the, the Sentinel in your set 10 and your Argent Port Soldiers in the yep. draft packs. Um, yep. And then the other card that's been particularly great this format, uh, Talon of Nostrix, is also going from 10x to 5x. Hmm. Uh. Um, and that was uh, one of our ways we dealt with uh, early auto tread, um, as well as uh, a bunch of other early two drops or a lot of these pesky like one one flyers and stuff that you can um, that have been in the format up until now. But but yeah, it's not hurt. 
too bad, but it's enough to actually for it to actually feel it. Justice yeah. is still a good color. It still has good commons boosted in in these draft packs. It's just a yep. lot of them's gonna have gonna be seen less often. Yep. And again, it'll be interesting with the draft pack change. Like this, Justice is a prime example. Is it's gonna? I feel like going to be hard to know what direction you're gonna want to be going with like soldiers and Valkyrie because there's such a a heavy mix of both in in. The, but all the payoffs will be in pack two and three. So again, that I think that's going to be a, an interesting question that we're going to have to ask ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. And then on to primal. So primal had six cards added uh, two or a, just a single uncommon. And that is Elvish swindler, which is the five primal primal three, four summon play a relic of your choice with cost two or less from your deck, um, as well as Acantha's Outrider, which is the six primal 3-3 three, three flying pledge. Acantha's uh, Outrider costs three um, less while you have a relic, or just cost three. Uh, there's a Biting Winds, which deals six damage to an attacking unit for three. There's Book Club Yeti, which is the two primal 3-1 sacrifice Book Club Yeti to uh, deal damage equal to the highest cost among your relics. There's Changey Stick, um, which is the two primal plus one plus one flying spellcraft five to play polymorph. And Yeti Traditionalist, which is the four primal primal three three overwhelm muster, gains plus two plus two. Wheel. Th- that's some power right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not not just in Changey Stick and Biting Winds, but Book Club Yeti and Akansa's Outrider. Those units are good. And and it also leans in on times increased reliance on relics, so these yeah. primal units that like relics are also welcome. Yeah, and one of the most interesting things about this set of cards that are added and boosted is that they're all powerful cards, but none of them really go uh, into, I think, what the best primal deck is in this past format, which has been Huru, which is kind of interesting to me. Like, obviously, a Huru deck would be happy to play a Changey Stick and probably a Biting Winds, but, like, none of these cards are really, like, Huru cards or Soldier cards. Um so this really seems these cards being added really seem to be tr- fitting with like you said like you said Tempest with time and uh, shadow relics, which is kind of interesting because it does seem like these are all great in a TPS deck, and yet none of them are Mandrakes either. And I mean none of these are very exciting for Skycrag, which is I think another deck that was hurting a lot. Uh, that's so, more. I don't know. It'll be kind of interesting. I really feel like they're they're leaning into uh, making uh, you know Elysian and um, oh geez uh, and well, knowledge or what is knowledge? 
Aurelian? Aurelian. Yeah. You know, or, um, you know, Elysian and Aurelian decks are getting boosted with with these additions. Also, there is one rare that I would like to note that has been added. Temple Shihan's 10x this format. He's a 3-3 for 3, double primal, inspire, unity, draw, get flying, and summon, play an inferiority complex on another unit. He's really strong, and he's going to make Primal have a lot of flyers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Primal... <laughs> and that's one of the things that we've noticed about this format, is Primal doesn't have a lot of flyers. I, you know, they are getting a Santa's Outrider, so they will have a 3-3 flyer, which is pretty big, because none of the flyers in this format are are that really big, so I think Acantha's Outriders really going to be able to hold its own in the air. And I think uh, people, you, you can't underappreciate how important Biting Winds can be because uh, if you haven't noticed, since it does six damage, it is one of the few cards that can kill a Basher outright. It kills Dishro Vindicated if you really want to. Yes, if you have it in yes, if you have it in your hand when they first play Decro. Yep, and that's important. Yes. So uh so yeah, so the, I think that Biting Winds will be a very high pick and a pretty important card um as long as Rakano is still heavily drafted, which I feel like it probably will be. It will try. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So then, yeah, and Primal just just has a lot of great boosted removal. You know, I'm con- you know, Permafrost is still 10x. Polymorph is still 10x. Um, so Primal seems pretty strong. Yep. All right, and then on to Shadow. So the cards added to Shadow. Um, there are six cards added. The uncommons are Head Headsman's Axe, which is the five Shadow Shadow zero zero um, weapon, and it gets plus one plus one for each unit in your void. There is Sadist uh, Sadistically, which is the six Shadow five five summon the enemy player, uh, puts the top two cards from their um into their void for each of your units. There's Lethrai Lobotomy, which is the one shadow sacrifice a relic to kill an enemy unit. And then uh, Vizier's Tablet, which is the two shadow. Um, and you can pay two to make the enemy player put the top card of their deck uh, into their void. And if it was a unit, you gain one health. Is it pay two or pay one? Uh, no. I think it's pay three. Yeah, it's pay, pay three. three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Vizier's tablet's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all you needed to say. <laughs> yeah. All right, and an unbelievable correction. Uh, Vizier's tablet's actually worse than I remembered, and it's uh, pay three to make the enemy player discard the top card of their deck, and if it was a unit, you gain one life. 
No reason to pick that card. Nope. Yeah, there's no reason. Unless you're in pack four and you manage to not get any Metabot stations um, or Amber Locks for your, like, three left Rye Lobotomy, three <laughs> Consuming Greed deck or something. Good point. It is a relic. It is a relic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, yeah. so I, I would not get tricked by the discard synergy. Um, you really, the only reason you would ever play this in my mind is if you have a lot of these like relic matter cards as compared to like, I wouldn't put this in your deck just to trigger your dark water vines. Um, yeah, so a bunch of removal was added, you know, Lethry Lobotomy. It can be a very strong card. I think it's possibly it'll be very strong in this format with Amberlock and Metabot Station uh, in here. I mean, even, you know, maybe this is another reason to play like Overcharger, the Justice card in that cycle that gives plus two, plus two, um, and you can break it. Um, mm -hmm. Then there's also Spore Breath, uh, which has been like kind of a controversial card about how good it is. But it seems like with all of the discard in this format that you can get your spore breaths pretty big in in the right deck. And then there's Succumb, which is um, never a great card. Oh, I guess I haven't read these, huh? And the two commons were Spore Breath and Succumb. And Succumb is, uh, you know, never a great card, but it does, again, have some of this discard synergy and you know as people have noted succumbs while not a great card work better in multiples because the more units you kill um the more likely they have to sacrifice a high value target which is kind of interesting yeah and and if you build your deck around that it surprisingly becomes a real card yeah it's and like, especially like we mentioned cool. earlier, you know, in prison is now um, boosted. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of ways to force your opponents to sacrifice creatures. So you know, maybe there is some kind of like heavy sacrifice discard deck. Um, yeah, I... you know, out there. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how how people make use of these cards. I won't know how it. To make use of them, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I'm I'm really high on spore breath in particular because um, I do I think with all the ways to get units um, in your void, uh, your dredgers, your dark water vines, your sunset priests, um, I think that card's going to be um, almost hard removal. Cool. Any other any other thoughts on shadow? Um, probably the only other thing that I, worth mentioning. Um, I thought was uh, that Suffocate, uh, which was hard removal, kill a unit with three attack or less. Um, that was boosted ten times, and now that is going away down to one X. So it'll still yeah, be that that's a big hit. Yeah, so you know I think Spore Breath kind of and, and Lethry Lobotomy um, replace that, which is yes. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, they still do have, you know, Grizzly Contest is still their big, uh, the boosted common uh, removal. So that's still there, uh, like we mentioned, in prison. But 
Yep. Um, Plague is still at 10x. Um, Vars Favor is still at 10x. So they still do have, you know, a fair bit of removal, but yeah, um, Suffocate is gone. And then we'll move on to the uh, multi-faction cards. They added a whole bunch of multi-faction cards um, that I think are worth mentioning. And they do seem to fit. I do like the look of them and how they do seem to fit with the themes that they're adding. So I, it seems like some they've been pretty well thought out. Um, in Praxis, uh, the two cards that were added, I get... Um, are Purify, which is the two Praxis uh, spell, and that deals or silence a unit and deal three damage to it. Um, so this is just a generically pretty powerful card. Yeah, um, I like it. And then it. there's uh, Talir's Choice at Uncommon, which is the the five fire. Sorry, the five uh, Praxis, and then oh gosh. I don't know what Delir's Choice does. I know what it does. Okay. It deals two to the enemy player and gives your units two attack or one yeah, attack. Yeah, two attack. Or it gains you two life and plays two one one explorers. Yeah. So not hard. a great card, but kind of fits times explorer sentinel theme to some degree it had an explorer same no well some of the sentinels cares about explorers yeah i guess i'm not saying it's a strong theme but it's kind of you know it's it's kind of <laughs> it, it was from the weird period where sentinels and explorers cared about each other yeah exactly um, and, uh, yeah, the main th card to mention is Purify is a pretty strong card. Okay, and then Rakano, um, it gets Field Captain, which is the 5 Rakano 05. It gets plus one attack for each time you or one of your units have attacked this game. Um, and then there's Ijin's Choice, which is the uh, 2 Rakano. Kill an attachment or... Uh, uh, sorry, kill an attachment on an enemy or create and draw a plus four, plus four mithril um, armor. I like and, mithril uh, armors. What? Yeah. This this choice card is great. Um, you know, I, I, I pick it whenever I see it, so I'm happy to see yeah, this it's coming back in. Yep, and so I think both of these cards that were added uh, could possibly are pretty, possibly pretty strong. Field Captain, you know, you're doing a lot of attacking in, with Rakano, so getting a, a big beefy five cost finisher might be pretty good. It doesn't have evasion, which is, um, you know, one of the down points about Field Captain. So you know, it it can be a twenty five, but if your opponent has a a couple dark water vines, you're never killing them. Hmm. All right, then Cambrai. Uh, no cards were added for Cambrai, so they still just have uh, Auric Record Keeper and Safe Return as their uh, 10x boosted um, cards. Uh, then Elysian, uh, the added cards, there's Sodi's Choice, which is the two Elysian. Play a sand bind on a unit, which uh, makes it lose flying. 
and it's a curse, or negate an enemy fast spell. And then there's Tunneling Gargantua, which is the 8 Elysian 5-5 with Killer and Pledge, and it gains attack and health equal to the cost of your highest cost relic. So these cards are, again, seem to be hinting at this Relic deck, and then Sodi's Choice is sort of boosting up a bunch of the muster cards. They added a muster card, and even in the previous format, there were a bunch of muster muster cards. So Sodi Choice is a pretty good way to trigger muster in a single card. I like Sodi's Choice. It's nice. Yeah, there's some really really powerful... And there are a fair number of flyers in this format, so... I think it can it can have its use and uh you know negating uh an opponent's martial efficiency yep. uh probably will feel very nice. Absolutely. I mean martial efficiency, mighty strikes, bottoms up. Um yeah, th- th- this thing's going to do some work. Oh, I'm going to be looking for it. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. It might be surprisingly surprisingly good. Um, and then in Huru, uh, the added cards. There's Duelist's Blade, which is the five Huru four-four uh, relic weapon. Summon, you gain an Aegis. There's Island's Choice, which is the three Huru fast spell, negate an enemy spell with cost four or more, or attacking enemy units or an, kill an attacking enemy unit with four attack or more. So this is has always been a very good card, and it's particularly great, I think, in this format where there's so many Amplify spells because, you know, as you Amplify a card, you're increasing its cost. So you're very likely to be able to negate an enemy spell if your opponent is playing any Amplify cards. But you won't negate the triggers of the Amplify itself, so that Maveloft Elite's still going to be buffed up to the moon, that Maveloft Quartermaster is still going to be drawing like three cards, or that Glacial Shaper is going to be a summoning a 6-6 six, six still. So look out for that. Yeah. Really? Huh, that's interesting. I did not know that. But otherwise, it will negate the spell. Hmm. Uh-huh. How does that work with a card like Call on Allies? Do the units still exhaust, or does that not happen? They still exhaust. They don't get the weapons. But the Amplify triggers do happen. Well, there goes that plan of totally hosing your opponent. Um, And then the final card is the uh, Four Huru uh, Shield Bash, which is a spell. It stuns an enemy unit. You gain uh, two life and draw, or two armor and draw a card. So I, I guess that technically can fit in this like Huru stun deck that I'm still not a believer in. Um, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a mini scene within soldiers. Yeah. yeah, this is more of a pack four card if you picked up um, some Frostclaw Riders or something like that, maybe. Boulder yeah. Gate Guards work with them, too. Boulder Gate Guards, yep. Fencing Masters. Not a bad card. It's not, not anything groundbreaking, either. Yeah, and it's it's kind of... 
Yeah, I passed two early fencing masters in this last draft. And again, that, that feels like harder to get to because before you pick a fencing master, I feel like you really want to get stunned. And the fact that uh, the peacekeeper or whatever the three justice two two is, is like one of the best ways to stun units. And you won't know if you're going to get them before you take the fencing masters feels like it's going to be even harder to get those kind of synergies going. And then uh, Arjun Port, uh, the added cards are a bunch of good cards and then a ridiculously bad card. Um, there's Knight of Sorrow, which is the five Arjun Port 4-4 with Lifesteal Tribute plus two plus two. So if you can trigger the tribute, um, you know, a 6-6, six, six, Lifesteal is a pretty pretty beefy unit in this format um there's street streetwise informant which is the four argent port one four endurance unblockable pay five to gain two life um there's auric bully which is the two argent ports three two and when it's wielding a weapon it gets plus one plus one so um with streetwise informant and auric bully it feels like they're you you want to be playing weapons though um, you know, I would not say that up until now, Argentport has had a ton of like weapons in the format. So that'll be interesting to see if that's a direction that that deck goes. I mean, I have seen Oathkeeper's hammers. Yes. Yeah, Nobody does it on them. Shadow Wall Cloak is one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, so that, 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 that doesn't go. Department. Right, right. Yeah. That's redundant. But for Arc Bully, it could be something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Or three has nothing to sneeze at. And then um, there's Elo's Choice, which is the the two Argent Port slow spell, and you can gain three armor or all uh Yeah, all units. Yeah. All units get minus one, minus one. <laughs> Among the choices, we will always make. I will always make fun of this one with <laughs> yeah. the internal Discord. It's yeah. sad. I will say though, um, you know, it it could possibly have. You know, I don't know. There are a lot of X ones, so if you build your deck right, maybe it has a use. But Maybe a lot of those X ones are in Justice and Shadow, so right, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of counterproductive, if you ask me. I agree. Yeah. So I think this is a oh, it's not only a bad card just on its own; it's also a very weird card to boost in this format. Yep. All right, and then Felm, no cards were added. Um, Wretched Raven, though, is still 10x, is, along with Essence Feast. Wait, the what about Twilight? Yeah. What about Twilight Raptor? Was that added? Yeah, I, I can jump in. So Twilight Raptor is a one-cost Feln, 2-2 uh, flyer. Um, it's a bird, and it's uh, five times boosted. So uh, that's 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 a really uh, strong card as a one-drop 2-2 two, two with oh. flying. Also, we forgot about Wanderlust here in an Elysian. That's a two mana one two time primal. It has flying and muster plus one plus one. Is that also five X? Wanderlust. 
Kieran is five times, it looks like. Yeah, it's five times as well. Sorry. Okay, yeah, Not sorry. I was only looking at the 10Xs, but... These are both 5Xs. Good yeah, flyer. Okay. All right. Yeah, see, you guys are changing the rules. <laughs> All right. All right, so you wanted to talk about the fel- the Twilight Raptor, Cotillion? Oh, I just wanted to mention it, um, you know, so we didn't skip over it, because I do think it's a powerful part. I mean, a one-cost, 2-2 flyer. Um, yeah, that's... Iron Fist Chancellor has to do work for it. Twilight Raptor just is one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is good, because I think Felon needed a little bit of a boost. Um, and it's another primal flyer. Um, you know, obviously you need Chatter to go along with it, but it goes back to, well, you know, we have more fixing, so... Um, we have seats. Yeah, exactly. So I think in your primal decks, um, you know, Twilight Raptor could be uh, something good. Let's get to Skycrack, shall we? Yeah. So the... the... The one that uh, the card that was added at 10x is uh, Mortar, which is the four Skycrag fast spell, and it deals four damage. Um, And then at 5x, uh, Rock Slide, which is the uh, deal two damage to an enemy or one damage to two enemies, um, fast spell, or Caleb's Choice. Which is also five acts. Negate an enemy spell with a single faction or enemy attachment, or destroy an enemy attachment with a single faction. So, yeah, these are pretty good cards. Rock slide, I think, will be good in this format. Like you said, there's a lot of X ones. It is redundant with ruinous burst. Um, but hey, dealing two to something sometimes is pretty all right. Yeah. yeah. And Mortar will be interesting because, again, it, it has always felt like uh, five toughness is, you know, the number you want to hit, which this does not hit. Except Metal Fang, um, which is four. Yes. So it does kill a Metal Fang, which is important. It's something. The right, well, end of the past special. Anyways. And then in Stone Scar, there were no 10x cards added, but they did add at 5x Clan Hunt Caller, which is the 4 Stone Scar 4 3 Warcry. Summon your other units, get Warcry this turn. And then uh, Runic Revolver, which is the 5 Stone Scar 2 2 Relic Weapon with Quick Draw, and then Summon, deal 2 damage to the enemy player. Runic Revolver, huh? That's yeah, this is great. always a hard. Uh, this is a hard card for me to uh, evaluate. It doesn't seem great being so weak, but great. quick draw and a relic weapon is a very powerful ability. So we've seen silver slicer go off. Yeah. So so these are cards, and clan hunt caller can be pretty interesting because I do think you know stone scar can you know, go pretty wide with a bunch of small Grenadines, so giving them all Warcry could be interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, those cards to look out for. See um, Warband Scald from earlier formats to see how this effect can be powerful. Yes. Um, and then Xenon got a bunch of heavy hitters. I'm excited about Xenon. Um, 
all these are 10x uh, Aramot's Machinations, which is the six time time shadow shadow spell. Um, play a one cost, a two cost, and a three cost unit from your void, and they all get plus one, plus one in Overwhelm. There's Lethry Cordier, which is the two Xenon zero three when you play a relic, draw the top power card of your deck. There's Sadistic Ritualist, which is the three Xenon one four with Pledge. And you can pay two and exhaust a sadistic ritualist to sacrifice another unit to draw a card. And then a Xenon Cupbearer, which is the four Xenon 2 4 with lifesteal. Pretty good selection, all things considered. Yep, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, th I think these are all good cards. It's kind of interesting because Aramot's Machinations and Sadistic Ritualist kind of seem like they will go in a more sacrifice sort of fire time shadow deck. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see if if that deck happens, um, even though time has no grounded ends. And then all of the, the or I guess not all, um, the displays that overlap with the three, pa the three faction pairings for each of the five tribes, um, have been added, and so that is the display of ambition, which is the fire or fire justice shadow, or the Valkyrie colors. The display of creation, which is the fire time justice colors, so sentinels. A uh, display of knowledge, which is uh, the time primal shadow colors which are for mandrakes even though it's this is a, a relic card through and through oh. yeah display of knowledge is just good yes it's just it's an incredible card um and then there's display of menace which is the fire uh primal shadow which is the granite colors and then display of tradition which is the time justice primal um which is uh soldier colors yep these most of these displays are gonna be pretty good yeah I, I think so you know they don't really necessarily match up with what those colors are doing uh necessarily but they are often good uh pretty good cards in them in and of themselves and like we mentioned there's just a lot of fixing in the format so uh we should be able to you know they should be more easily played than normal yep Definitely. Great. So, uh, yeah, that's all the cards we wanted to talk about. I think that was a, a lot to digest. Hopefully, that was um, hopefully that was understandable to all the listeners. Um, before we head <laughs> well, out, guys, are there any other uh, final thoughts? Uh, maybe starting with Cotillion that you have on uh, on these draft pack changes and the and the four drafts you did. Um, I don't really have any final thoughts on that. But I do have some breaking news. Uh, I do too. All right. Uh, okay, we all do. Yes, we all saw it. We all saw it. Okay. Well, In the middle of this episode, the yeah, Eternal yes. 2021 World Championship has been announced, and on May 7th to 8th, that's going to be a draft championship. Woohoo! That's awesome. Yeah. We get more draft coverage. This shows will matter more, I think. <laughs> yep. And uh, the the 
interesting and important part of that, what they said is that um, they're, they're calling them opens uh, this year. And for each new set, they say there will be an open for the three formats. So um, you'll have an open for Throne, an open for Expedition, as well as an open for Draft. And so that may, um, that may date is the open for this next set that's coming out. Oh, okay. So it actually won't be these cards. It'll be the, the you know, cards that we haven't seen yet, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. And that means that there will be um, more open, you know, so then the next set will have, you know, another draft open is at least how I'm reading the announcement. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that'll be excited. And that also means that there'll be more, you know, more opportunities for people to get to the world championship through draft. So keep those drafting skills sharp, listeners. You yeah, too. Get in those shoes. Up there at the center stage. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, actually, the most surprising thing for me for this announcement is that at least they're claiming the prize pool is back to 100 thousand so it's back to what it was for the 2019 world champ or you know competitive season so um yeah so i i think this is all pretty positive news i i know people recently have been a little down on the game and the lack of communication and you know i think the length the draft queue uh Waiting time has gotten a little longer and, you know, people have been kind of noticing that and feeling the effects. And But it seems at least uh, Direwolf is still willing and ready to support the game uh, going forward. So I think that I think that's a good sign and hopefully that brings uh, more people back to the game. Uh, yeah, I so, do too. Yeah, so it that's should. pretty exciting and <clears throat> hopefully Direwolf will continue this, uh, continue to communicate because I think that's, you know, for me, one of just the most important parts of keeping this game thriving. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know, at least for me personally, the last, you know, few weeks to a month haven't felt great as it just has felt like when you play a, a, a smaller game, you know, <laughs> its demise is. I guess always a little bit on your mind and it, it can get a little scary when you're getting no news about anything. Well, this should really, I think, inject a lot of energy in the community and yeah, I think I think we will see um, the draft cues fill back up. People want to practice. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate you coming in to um, Phil Hatz's seat this episode as well as give us your um some tips and advice of your experiences so far in this format i think this was really great and really appreciate you guys coming on oh thank you no problem a lot of fun cool so we'll end our show there um so thank you again to all our patrons for making the show a success and for those of you who are not patrons a reminder to give us a five-star rating and review on itunes stitcher or google play you can join us in our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And finally, you can thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts where she posts about the show on Reddit, 
Uh, that'd be much appreciated. And uh, don't forget to send in all your 7-1 deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night.